Hello and welcome to the Go Encourage podcast where I talk to real people about real life, trying to gain some insight from their life experiences and to discuss ideas around courage. Today I am joined by Toby Payne who's the author of Health and Wellbeing Made Easy and the founder of Mushu.uk. So here I am with Toby Payne, founder of Mushu and author of Health and Wellbeing Made Easy. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, it, the rest of the title is The 12 Principles of Outstanding Health and Wellbeing. I'm really glad to have you here at Go Encourage. Yeah, and Rick, thank you so much. I know that you're super passionate on this subject. and I know you've got such a wealth of wisdom. And, you know, obviously we've talked in the past and I've always, you know, respected your knowledge around this. So I'm, I'm super excited to be here today. Oh, mate, it's, that's mutual, mutual <laughs> respect, I think. <laughs> yeah. So um, I thought before we, we get into sort of engaging the idea of courage, it'd be really cool for people who are listening or watching just to get to know a little bit about you yeah um so uh most of the time i ask people oh every time i think i've asked people what their name means do you know what your name means yeah my name is um god is good really yeah god is good wow yeah. i think i think it's like a celebration mm-hmm. of god mm-hmm. um and you know the name is derived from that so i think i think that's really what it means cool. and did you know that growing up or was that something you um, just found out later on do you know life? what I've, i didn't like my name growing up <laughs> so yeah. I, d- I didn't like it at all and in fact for some reason i wanted to be called biggles i don't know biggles. why yeah, it's really wow, random that i is know really random. so and i think it was just because i used to read this comic and it had, right. it had biggles on it and then i wanted to be and biggles was this character i saw like an raf ca- um character mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, that's what I wanted to record. So that when I was about five. So yeah, Wait, yeah. So this character Biggles. Yeah. <laughs> was he quite, you say he's quite. He's an RAF. Was he quite heroic? He was right? heroic. Um, it, uh, do you know what? I, yeah, he had he had like a mustache. Um, he's almost like you know your typical, you know, fighter pilot look. Um, back in the day, back in the you know in the First World War or something like that. It was, wow. You know, I. I can't remember actually the whole story behind it, but for some reason, I, I at, some, at one point, I was really begging my mum to change my name to Biggles. <laughs> yeah, Amazing. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you have uh, an idea or an ambition of something that you aspired to be when you were older? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, one, I wanted to be a Formula One driver. Oh, come on. Yeah, oh, yeah. what a Definitely great ambition. wanted to do that. <laughs> but I also loved animals. Um, I've always loved animals. Um, when I was a kid, we always had lots of pets. Um, so, we had um, a spaniel, we had a rabbit, we had a cat, we had guinea pigs. Um, our house was like a zoo, really. Um, but, and also, my mum was very sort of free with that. So, the, they would roam about. So, you'd have all these animals just randomly roaming about. They weren't necessarily in cages. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but yeah, um, so, so it was a Formula One driver and a vet. That was really what I wanted wow. to do. I, want, I wanted to help animals. So yeah. I wonder how the two could have uh, overlapped. <laughs> they could have overlapped. Ta- ta- yeah. Take the hamster in the car <laughs> as you're going at you know, 200 miles an hour. Exactly. <laughs> down spa or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and where did you grow up? Um, so I was born in um, Wales, in Cardiff. And... Um, and then we moved to Manchester. So when I was about four, we moved to a small town called um, Little Hayfield. Okay. Um, so, and then we then moved to South, sort of South Birmingham, and then moved into Birmingham. And then now I'm, um, you know, High Wycombe. So, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, as a child, we moved around a lot. My dad had, um, you know, um, his own business. And so we then tended to move around a lot and sort of 
following that around really oh, okay. um but i think it was also a great experience because you know i just got to meet lots of very different people it it, it gave me a perspective about um I don't know that we have such local mentality sometimes. Mm. And I think because I got the experience of going to lots of different places, mm. you know, even as a child, I immediately noticed that you can have quite a, a sort of, you know, a, a pre a sort of local way of looking at things rather than, you know, you've just got slightly different views, but mm. we're all the same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it was very interesting. Um, yeah. And in terms of family, it's a, it's a, a few of you siblings yeah so i've got a sister i've got an older sister she's um four years older than me um she lives up north um and yeah she she likes the cold i think <laughs> i really like warm weather so i've moved down south um and then i've got my mum and dad so mm-hmm. that's my yeah so. and are they are they up north uh yeah so my dad is um so he's around kidderminster which is just south of birmingham mm-hmm. um and my mum's in birmingham mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah, so I get to go back there quite a bit um, nice. and see them. So that's really nice. Cool. Um, but yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, did did I'm going back to the F1 here now? Did oh, okay. uh, did did mum or dad have or sister have any influence over your decision? Yeah, there? absolutely, absolutely. So my dad was a rally driver. Oh wow. Um, and so um, I was when as a kid, I wanted to be a rally driver for ages as well. Um, and then I think when I was about, oh gosh, I was probably about five or six, my dad had a friend and he was in car, he was doing kart racing mm. um, and he put me in the car and when I was about five or six, I would not stop going on about it, literally for about five or six years or something like that. Um, and then finally my dad um, sort of relinquished and we went kart racing and that, it was, ama- it was an amazing experience, really enjoyed it. And I do think, you know, sports and doing things at a reasonable level you know we were you know if you do karting it is very competitive because when you say karting you're not talking about going to one of these tracks and and spending 15 minutes no. a couple of times around and then you're done right you you guys were like actually racing yeah. weren't you yeah race yeah the kart yeah yeah kart racing which is it's what lewis hamilton started with mm. and on all the former one drivers did mm. um and obviously when you start kart racing you always think you're going to be a formula one racing mm-hmm. driver yeah. um and then, you know it's good it's good to aspire that um it's obviously challenging and it's very you know the competition is really high mm-hmm. um i used to i used to also race um with somebody who got into porsche in racing as well um, um in fact he gave me a great testimonial for my book um yeah so his name's jack botholomew he's, he's a brilliant driver mm-hmm. um so um i think yeah you get a sense of inspiration from people who you know are naturally talented and also they've they've actually had to fight to you know to really be as good as they are you know it's any discipline any form of discipline takes a lot of effort takes yeah. repetitive practice um and yeah so that was that was huge kart racing was huge for me mm, amazing i'm yeah. like jealous <laughs> i love a bit of karting <laughs> yeah it's brilliant um so so you want to be an f1 driver mm. uh or you want to be Doctor Doolittle? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, with the it's animals. Confused child. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you actually do? How does that translate to, to uh, you now and later on in life? Um, okay, so what I do now is I'm an architect, so I design how systems work together. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for me, um, I've always been interested in the biggest picture of how things work. Um, I'm not very good at just simple tasks. In fact. I almost lost my job on a number of times when I first started um, working because they give me like a really simple ta- a task and I just couldn't do it. 
Mm-hmm. And and I also I used to get very self conscious about it. Um, but what I would do was I would think about how that particular task worked with everything else. Mm-hmm. And once I'd done that, I'd I'd be able to do it really easily. Mm-hmm. But not only that, is I just knew how everything joined up and how everything worked together. Um, and I think I just frustrated a lot of people when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But then as I've got older, I realized that that was, you know, it was a gift. It was something that, you know, I know not everyone can do. Um, but I really didn't appreciate it back then. It was, uh, it was something that, um, that I learned that actually, um, this is, yeah, it's, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's helpful. And I enjoy that. So, so when a simple task, if we could zone in a little yeah, bit, yeah. when a simple task came your way, yeah, what yeah. was going through? What did you, was it? not having the passion to do it or was it something more than that was it Um, not knowing why it's important that sort of thing i think what tended to happen is yeah it was i couldn't i couldn't start it without knowing the big picture and i suppose the reason was was because i didn't know i suppose if it was actually worth doing Mm. so i tended to i wanted to first evaluate that which was you know if you're like a you know, just starting a job, that's pretty, you know, And but I didn't, it probably appeared very sort of, you know, maybe arrogant or something like that. But I, I wasn't an arrogant child. Yeah, you know, I wasn't arrogant when I was younger. I was very, I was very insecure and I was actually very, you know, I, I was probably full of quite a lot of anxiety all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it you know, I, I so, it, so it probably appeared like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually it was just because I, I wanted first to really understand how that, that bit of activity really helped everything else. And once I got that, mm. not only did I know the activity, I could then say, okay, these are all your problems. This is why this doesn't work because, mm. you know, that person isn't talking to that person or this process doesn't quite work mm. um, because, you know, whatever, you know. So so it was, yeah, it, it was it was always something that I know, I, it, it was, I thought it was not a blessing, but mm. in the end it was. It, it was something one. really helpful, yeah. yeah. Which is incredible, and we'll get there of, mm. of how you do what you're doing for Mushu as well, mm. because there's a really strong link between yeah. you seeing the holistic and the whole, you know, the bigger picture as opposed Absolutely. to one aspect. Yeah. Uh, would you say you're more introvert, or would you say you're an extrovert, or somewhere in between? Um, I'm definitely an introvert, but I do love... So I, I think I'm a classic introvert, because I do love actually socialising, mm-hmm. but then I do like a break. Mm. So um, I'm not... I'm not, um, you know, I'm not a, a, um, a huge party animal all the time. Um, but in my younger days, I definitely had to be around people. You know, it's not like I was a total closed person or anything like that. But I do, I do enjoy the company of others. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, when I was younger, because of my insecurities, I sometimes found it quite difficult to um, be around people. Um, and, you know, it stopped me from, from you know, socializing a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and, and as I've got older, I've realized that I actually really love it. And, mm. and what would happen is the fear would stop me from going out. And then, and then actually on the odd times that I just found myself out, I'd suddenly realize I actually love this. What's my problem sort mm. of thing, you know, but actually the fear was stopping me from actually really realizing that I do love around being around people. It's so yeah. good to get there as well. Cause a lot of people don't understand that their motivation is from fear. Yeah. You know? Yeah, sort of dance around the topic of fear and just go. Oh, I don't feel like it. Or I don't feel right. But actually, when you when you go a few layers down and you go, oh, I'm basing my decision based on fear. Mm. You know, Ooh, what does that look like? How can I address that? Yeah. Have you have you taken the love languages test? I have done it, done that. Yeah. So um, my love languages are um, physical touch and words of affirmation. Um, 
Same. I know. <laughs> I know. You, <laughs> we've talked about this. We before. have talked about. This I know. Before, and yeah. I do think. I do think that it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, for relationships to to do that and t- and understand your partner, mm-hmm. understand how you should be talking to them. I mm-hmm. just think it's really powerful. Um, yeah. I'm not saying I'm brilliant at practicing it all the time, um, but I do know that as soon as I do, it we just reconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's Gary Chapman, wasn't Gary it? Gary Chapman, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Obviously, a bit of a genius there on in writing that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's like, it's, it's a bit of a map, isn't it? Mm. It's like, a, okay, hang on. Have I, uh, have I in a relationship, mm. have I made sure that this person's love languages, I've invested something in there. Mm. Um, and if I have, then maybe it's not that, maybe it's something else. So it gives you a little bit of an idea of which direction to go in sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think it's it, it's almost like a bit of a safety net because mm. you know oh, that... Yeah, you, that's a good phrase. Safety net. Yeah. Like it. Like it. Because you've got like something to, to sort of fall back to, to know, okay, when things are going wrong, I've just got to remember that. Mm. And then hopefully that'll get you back on track a little bit. So mm. I do I do think, yeah, it's, it's great. It's, I think we w- the last time we spoke about this, you said uh, you didn't you didn't warm to it straight away, did you? Ah, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, so um, Jackie introduced it to me and my partner um, initially first. Um, and I was not happy about it at all because I thought she was attacking our relationship as if to say, um, I'm, you know, I want to I want to share these love languages with you because I don't feel like our relationship is where it should be. And that wasn't her intention at all. But mm. I, you know, I totally took it the wrong way. So we had a huge um, argument. <laughs> and then, but then we resolved it. We sort of, um, you know, I, I realized that actually what she was trying to do is strengthen it. You know, I think relationships mm. are a, a, an ongoing process and, you know, it's just constant, never ending improvement, isn't it? Mm. And you can't just expect that your relationship is just going to remain the same if you don't do anything about it so what what it what it reminded me was that okay she's just trying to find a you know and mm. to get stronger and closer so um yeah so yeah it, it was a good experience no, good. <laughs> good learning experience <laughs> <laughs> excellent um would you say you're more logical or mm. more emotional do you know what it's a really challenging one i think from a work-wise, I've got a very logical type of job, mm-hmm. and I tend to, I tend to, be drawn to solving problems mm-hmm. in a logical manner. But I am quite an emotional person, and I really feel I can. I feel like I feel the room. I feel you know. Mm-hmm. I I do feel people, and it kind of makes me. Um, yeah, I I so so I massively appreciate the emotional side. I don't think rightly or wrongly that I'm entirely brilliant at that side you know I at the emotional side at the emotional side right. I think because I've always um used my logical side and that's always benefited me it's always got me my money you know it's mm. how I've got paid you know mm. people people have paid me because I'm good at that mm. um and therefore the emotional side has has, has dropped sometimes and therefore I, I forget about it I forget about things like rapport or just mm. you know and I'll go straight to right we need to solve this problem mm. and it's obviously some people who are illogical brilliant but Mm. if people if that person's emotional it's the worst thing you can Mm. do to them you haven't even made any effort with them whatsoever yeah and so i've i've not always appreciated that and i think you know i'm learning now you know i'm learning the power in in, in a relationship obviously it's just the same you Mm. know so there's just no time though right when you're trying to get things done yeah you've got time to get emotional you're gonna get this thing (laughs) that's just me being me but like uh it is something that you know that you have to learn and, and i think you know be wise about reading the room and, and figuring out how you can connect with people the best way possible, you know. How, how do you um, connect to people, Rick? What's your sort what's of... What's my... What, yeah, what's your logical, approach? Logical, emotional. Yeah. I think, I think I'm highly emotional. 
Mm. Um, and so that, but I am logical. Like I like being logical. Yeah. But emotions do tend to drive the way, uh, you know, the direction I go in. Mm. And I think over time, uh, also with a, with a history of anxiety as well, being emotionally led, um, I think it's been order and logic that have helped me to build structure and therefore uh, bring freedom in those areas. Yeah. And so I think when I can cut through being over empathetic or overly sensitive about what's going in the room, then I think I can be a more authentic me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause if I know there's something in the room that's, you know, uh, drawing energy or bringing a negativity, I can be a little bit wanting to support or wanting to help or mm. ease that conflict. Mm. Um, but if I, if I, one of the things, I mean, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but one of the things I found is, um, we're not here to fix everyone. It's not down to us. No. And so you've got to let people be who they are and just be responsible for your bit. And I think that's where the logic kicks in. It's yeah. like, hang on, this isn't for me to feel or for me to carry anyone else's mm. emotion. I'm here to do a job if I'm there for a job or I'm here to be present for whatever my you know, space is for that meeting or whatever it is. Sort of like your sphere of influence. You know, you've got to be mindful that, mm. you know, you can't, as you say, you can't, to dictate how people feel mm. um and even if you you know something's happened and they feel in a bad way that's not always your fault mm. it's not your responsibility mm. i totally i totally relate to mm. that definitely yeah, totally mm, cool and, and i think it's that it's that um it, what did you say earlier on it was it was it was pretty much there as well um oh it's escaped me never mind it'll come never back mind. it'll come, come back. back all right um <laughs> do you make things happen or do you tend to go with the flow um, I'm actually quite a big planner. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to, I think because of my, um, I don't know, I used to call it an affliction, but because of my, um, special power of Your being able to, my special power, special able, power. yeah, of, of looking at things holistically, um, it means that I have to, I have to understand how things all work together. Mm. And that includes my life. Mm. Cause if it's not, um, I feel like if I'm not thinking of all the parts of it, then I'm not living com in a complete life. And so what happens is, is I then start to feel I'm not quite working properly. Parts of me are broken. So I would say I'm a planner. Um, but then I think over the years, I think I've realized, I know it's kind of similar to what we were talking about, actually. You can't control everything mm -hmm. um, because I think part of my fear was on you know as the unknown and uncertainty um and therefore i used to sort of try and think well actually if i plan it and control it i can i can almost dictate the outcome mm -hmm. and pretty much never that is the case mm -hmm. so although i plan i do that to have a sense of this is the direction i want to go mm -hmm. in but at the same time i um you know i recognize that it, it that's not that's not a good way to live your life and actually it causes more anxiety um, because yeah. you know you've not only you've not you've got the uncertainty anyway, um, but then you're spending a lot of time planning and it actually doesn't really have any value. So you, mm. so there's for me there's there's a sort of com compromise. But you know if I compare to other people, I think I'm quite a, quite a planner. Quite a planner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's interesting to see where that planning comes from. So mm. if so, you know, you mentioned about being scared of something and then therefore controlling it. Yeah. Then is the intention 
to is the intention or the layer below coming from a place of fear mm. of being afraid mm. and so there's like two level, levels of fear working together and yeah. then like you said it just makes things worse doesn't it yeah i remember the other thing by the way it's um it's you know when there's stuff going on in the room is to remind myself um of why i'm there what's mm. my intention mm. and it's a bit like yourself earlier on when you were talking about seeing the bigger picture what's the purpose of this yeah yeah and so if i'm in a meeting i'm you know, back in the days when I first used to be in a meeting, mm. I don't know if you've had this experience or if it's common, is like, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in this meeting. I better bring something valuable to the yeah. table. And like, I've never been in a meeting before. And da, 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 you know, early in career. Um, whereas now you're like, why am I here? What's my purpose? What am I representing? Mm. Am I re representing an external thing that is not in this room and therefore I'm the ambassador for that thing? Yeah. Or am I, you know, the lead on this particular part of the project mm. and therefore let's let logic kick in and, and let me speak to that, not to something else if it's got nothing to do with me, you know? Because everyone likes to give an opinion, don't they? But they do. if it's nothing to do with you, then stay in your lane sort of thing. I think, uh, yeah, that, that, that resonates. I think, um, I mean, your first bit about the layering of fear though, um, I think, I think I was, I'm sort of tangenting up going back to that original, but That's I think, cool. I think it will come back to what you're saying is that, um, yeah, I think I used to be a planner to sort of control it. And I used to, um, you know, I used to, I used to believe that by having certainty in what, what I thought the outcome would be, then that would give me, you know, mm -hmm. that would give me that sense of a sort of, um, you know, control. And then back to your, the sort of thing you have in the room, I think you're right. Um, what, what I think the, because of the fear and because of reliance on logic, because I knew I was good at that, I, I kind of failed to really see what people really need though. Mm. So, and that's taken me quite a few years because actually people don't want logic, you know, um, in my work, they don't. They want to know that this is going to make life better. They're going to feel better as a result of it. So the types of outcomes that I would go into a meeting with originally would be, I want to get this problem solved. Mm. But actually you have to think about it in a different way in order to get that problem solved. You have to get people to feel, um, in a way that, um, makes them want to solve the problem mm -hmm. or makes them feel that the problem and the way you want to solve it is right. And you only, you can only do that really by emotion. Mm -hmm. So I think it changed, it changed my perspective. So I can totally resonate with you. And I think, I think that, it, you know, it changed what sorts of outcomes I want rather mm -hmm. than just focusing, focusing on sort of a logical outcome, which, which, yeah, I, I think that's just part of it, but you, you mm. can't get to that until you've got, got through to that emotional aspect. Yeah. Does that resonate? Yeah, that, that, makes, that, make that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's about holding that tension and, and, and sort of balancing mm. that out in the best way you can, mm. which I don't know if anyone gets right, to be honest. <laughs> like, we're all trying, aren't yeah. we, um, to get there. But um, yeah. Who, who's your role model with that, would you say? I think growing up, I had a, a few role models, and but I think I put people on a pedestal a little bit too much. Mm. And so when they fall, you know, your ground shakes a little mm. bit. And so now when I look at people, I think I think I like certain aspects of a person and then that will inspire me. Mm. And then I'll remember them. I'll be like, oh, so-and-so was really good when I went to that meeting. I'd like to aspire to be a little bit more like mm. that. And being the kind of guy I am, I don't know if I've, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know if it's okay, but I don't mind asking. Like, I'm like, hey, 
how did you get to that place yeah. i'd love to learn like have you got a couple of minutes i'll buy you a coffee whatever mm. like i'd love to learn um and and what i found is most of the time people are willing to talk to you and, and willing to teach and yeah willing to give you their perspective which uh, which is awesome mm. which kind of fits into maybe why i've ended up here doing this because i really find it fascinating to 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 learn from other people and see their life experiences and where it's led them yeah. um so i don't know if that answers your question that makes total sense <laughs> i really like that i mean and also because i always think that people think of role models as someone's a superstar or something mm. like that but i think if you find a trait in someone you don't necessarily have to copy their entire life um and i do feel like sometimes we think of role models and you've got to do exactly what mm. they do and or you get you know mega stars and or or celebrity sort of um coaching people and 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 you know that doesn't mean they're perfect mm. and i think sometimes i think you're right the pedestal thing is quite dangerous because you end up thinking that they are perfect but no human being really mm. is perfect mm. we're all we're all aspiring to be perfect um well hopefully most of us are um but the reality is we're not so i i do really resonate with that i totally i totally um, i agree and you know what? i mean it, it touches on your words of affirmation as well mm. um but i think encouragement is so important because you know as a society we're very quick to say what we don't like and mm. that's someone messed up right but relatively uh speaking uh, we, we're not as quick to encourage people and say that was great i really love what you did in in that i don't know why i'm talking about meetings today but in that meeting yeah. or in that i don't know performance or whatever we you know we're really quiet on those things mm. we enjoy things but we keep the enjoyment to ourselves we do um and i think encouragement goes a long way and it doesn't cost anything you know to mm. say hey i really enjoyed what you did there uh, even if you didn't like nine out of ten things they did but the one thing they did do <laughs> yeah you go oh, i really appreciate that that was really good and i think what that does is exactly what you say you know it, it kind of grows that in the other person and mm. and they kind of go down that road a little bit more yeah I absolutely relate to that because i think as a culture we tend to look for everything that's negative mm -hmm. <laughs> you know we are we are known for that mm -hmm. um and i think what happens is by focusing on that all of the time we'd actually make it better because we just focus on the problem um and if i think about the meetings we have the first thing we actually look at is all of the problems rather mm -hmm. than celebrating mm -hmm. everything that's good about it and building on that mm -hmm. um and i think i think there's loads there's a lot of psychology on that in in that if you open up with sort of more positive aspects I think you open certain parts of your brain to actually obviously focus on the solution mm. um, rather than, you know, just, just what's wrong with it. Mm. Um, and, often, and often the thing that's wrong with it isn't really what's wrong with it, if you see what I mean. You know, you, you then don't get a balanced view because mm. people are just focusing on the wrong aspect of it. Yeah, agreed. So does that and and you actually kind of, um, you kind of like, it's like an avalanche because then what you build in society is hypersensitivity mm. because we're always trying to pick out the thing that's, you know imperfect yeah like you know instagram so i have a background in photography mm. and so when i'm editing a picture i'm trained to look at what's wrong with the picture yeah and then work you know work out how we can fix that and, and all the rest of it and then balance the is this natural is this now unnatural which is not a good image mm. to put out there anyway but that's a whole nother subject and so you're trained in that way to go all right let me get that right um and what i try and do or what i try and later on i guess in in my photo, uh, photographic journey photography journey is that i was like hang on take a moment have a look at the picture yeah you're happy with this picture i'm like yeah actually this is a great picture and <laughs> yeah. they really brought out this person's eyes or i really like the colors in here and, and it's that same thing what you're talking about you know it's that gratitude mm. um you know it's trying to stir that and therefore you know 
uh, creating a different it's almost like a different path then isn't it yeah yeah that sort of appreciation to of of what's good about it mm. and what's bad and I, i'm similar actually because of you know from a tech background we are very critical people mm. and you know and it, i don't think it always serves us very well it doesn't serve us very well um there is a blessing though in in being critical so you sure. know you can't yeah. you can't take that away you know you just, you know, that striving to make things better is really good. But if it's over-indexed on that, mm. you tend to, to, as you say, I think, you know, what, what you said about the picture, you know, you actually is good. Mm. It, it's not perfect in every single way, but it's still really good. So, mm. and, you know, and then you'll learn from that and you'll say, well, how do I tweak that the next time? Mm. You know, so I think, I think life, you're right. There's a, there's definitely a gratitude and appreciation mm. that if you, if we, if we build on that, perhaps that does and that allow us to have more courage. Maybe mm. there is a huge link with that. Yeah, I think I think there is. So, <laughs> so I've um, I've put together a journal with a mm. with a couple of guys and um, shout out Jamie McKean and Sam Phillips. Mm. Um, but we put together a, a journal. It's called the Courage Journal, um, and that is thirty one days of building courage in your life. Um, and one of the aspects, key aspects of that, is looking at the day that has gone. So, um, it's designed to be used in the morning, and so you'd think back to yesterday yeah and there's some questions about yesterday and one of them is what were you grateful for you know mm -hmm. what were the wins what were yesterday's wins because then what it does it forces your brain to actually you know a encourage yourself and 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 b acknowledge that there were some good things about yesterday yeah you know? regardless of what happened you can pick one good thing and even if it's i woke up and i was breathing you know there's something about yesterday and then to carry that on into your into your day ahead i think perfect. it changes your you know your mindset do you know what's really interesting about that is um, I can I can massively see the benefit of that because um, you know the other day uh, we we had to take our little girl Evie to the hospital and you know we had a really sort of on on the face of it a really bad day mm. um, and then I, you know I, I, me and Jackie sort of started to talk about it and we sort of said okay what was good about today and what what are the things that we can pick out which was actually you know helpful. Um, because on the face of it, we were like, this was just awful. You know, we didn't get the, the sort of treatment we wanted. We were waiting for six hours just for, to sort of be seen. Um, you know, we were in a room where there were lots of sort of people who were sick and coughing and, and we were worried about getting poorly. Um, so we were really, you know, we were not in a good way and we, we were sort of struggling through the day with each other. And then we just said, right, how do we look back at it and say, mm. what can we grateful for? What's the blessing? So. I think a book like that is massively powerful and I think I think that will hugely help um help people I can definitely see that um so I have I have got it by the way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's great and, <laughs> yeah. and what a great what, what a great sentiment there because you you are also an author mm, amazing I um I want to talk about your book but I do want to ask you this question okay what's what's a good compliment that you remember about yourself I'm sure you've had loads over the years, <laughs> but is there one that really stands out to you? I think recently, um, I think it has it, been, it was a great and loving father um, wow. from, from, from Jackie. Yeah. And that meant the world to me, actually. Because I think when you have a baby, it's pretty intense. <laughs> you know, when you go through it and everything changes mm. um you know you're short on time um your relationship with your um partner changes um and 
you you know everything gets reevaluated you know your your meaning of life changes mm. and w- if i'm honest that the the year was was full of ups in terms of having the baby and a beautiful you know beautiful evie um i absolutely adore her she's gorgeous um but at the same time there were times when you're not in a good way mm. um and when jackie said that to me it meant it meant the world um mm. because i aspire to be you know a loving and good father and um so so it, it it was just really great and and then for me then it sort of resonated i must be doing some of those things right mm. um so i really that's probably you know a, a, a lovely comment I wonder if you have a system or if you have a routine that you kind of have put into place to, yeah. to, to help you be more productive day to day. Yeah, absolutely. So, and this really ties into my book as well. So um, health and well-being, you know, if, if you really think about it, it's about your daily habits mm-hmm. um, and it's making sure that the daily habits are around, you know, all of the key areas, whether it's your sleep, your nutrition, it's your fitness, you know, all of these require something that you repeatedly do. They're not mm-hmm. one-off things. Um, for me, my routine is is um, is fairly regimented. I think when you have a, a new baby, it's not, it's sort of slightly... It's a military operation, right? <laughs> well, part of it is, but it, it's, it's also a bit random. So mm. you've got to, you can't, you know, you can't do the things which you would have done for yourself before you know, you have, you have to sort of limit maybe those times where you would have a sort of a routine to, to sort of get you ready for the day. Mm. Um, but I've kind of distilled that. So, so I, I, I have a cold shower totally into that. Um, well, like just freezing cold, freezing cold. every morning. Yeah. Wow. Two, two and a half minutes. Um, I do my affirmations um, mm. and just, just say, right, everyone's, I know you say, wow, but actually it's, if you think about that as being difficult and challenging, it sets you up for the day. Cause mm. actually most things in the day aren't, aren't quite as horrible mm-hmm. as that. Mm-hmm. But actually, over time, you learn how to just manage that initial sort of shock of the cold shower. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anyone who, who does cold showers regularly, mm-hmm. you know, they get to that point. So this is not just me. You know, you do. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's, just, it's just, again, it's back to the routine once you've done it a lot of time. So, so I've got the cold shower mm-hmm. and then I do my affirmation. So I've got some, a specific length of phrase mm-hmm. that I say. Mm-hmm while I'm having the cold shower, which lasts for roughly about, you know, uh, one and a half minutes. Um, and then the actual cold shower, I try to do it for about two and a half minutes. Mm. That's when you get the sort of full effects of it. Um, then I come out of the cold shower. I do um, Superman pose. Um, I look at myself Superman in the mirror. Pose, yeah, like wow. So this what is, is, this? is it that one? Yeah, it's or power that? pose. No, it's the, it's the one on the oh, hips. Right, nice. so this, this is where Amy Cuddy did some brilliant research mm. and her team, where they found that just after two and a half minutes, you've started to produce um, testosterone um, and, and you're really positive hormones around your body. Um, so um, the other thing to do is smile. Um, so smiling also re- releases things like oxytocin and a great load of uh, plethora of um, mm. you know, great hormones again. Um, so do that. Um, so, so, so that's sort of my, you know, it, it's my, that's my shortened version of it mm. because there was a longer version where I'd also um, meditate and I'd start to think about um, what I need to appreciate, all, mm-hmm. all the gratitude. Mm-hmm. But because my, um, as part of my goal, uh, my, my, my shower, um, it is, it has appreciation as part of my mm-hmm. affirmations works. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I get, I get that in yeah, from that. Yeah, so yeah. what I've got is a shortened version of my sure. data to, to manage, you know, baby, a job yeah, and yeah. Mushu and writing books and things like yeah, that. Yeah, amazing. So you're the founder of Mushu. Yeah. Can you tell us what Mushu is? Yeah, so Mushu um, is about how do we, turn health and well-being into habits 
mm-hmm. right? So um, the essence of having a good life is, um, you know, is working on aspects of your life that you want to improve, um, you know, building the muscle um, to, to, to get better and health and well-being, like anything else, like a sport, like work or anything like that. If you want good health and well-being, um, you need to build the habits and you need mm-hmm. to have, um, you need to build that into your life. If, you, you know, you can't just magically um, expect that by doing something for a few weeks, it's going to all be better. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something you have, to, you know, you, 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 if you want great health and well-being, you're going to commit to. Um, but what I will say is once you do it, once you realize that you've got bad habits, which we all have, you suddenly find there's time um, to do to do them, and mm-hmm. even for me, even though I've got quite a busy life, you know, I'm I'm running a business, um, I've written a book, I've got a baby, I've also got um, you know full time job, um, I still find time to do those habits, mm-hmm. um, and and because they become they become intrinsic in your life, and also they you know they're not big, they're not always mm-hmm. that big, you know, if, if you think about. My exercise routine, for example, I always do 20 minutes to an hour every day. Mm-hmm. But if I only do 20 minutes, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. It does, I don't put pressure on myself. Okay, yeah. I've done 20 minutes and that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I don't, I make sure that the habits for me are all doable and realistic, mm-hmm. um, but I still do them. I have a strong commitment every day that mm-hmm. that is a certainty, a must for me because I know the value of doing it and why I want to do it. And that, the, that psychology around habits yeah. and things like that is really important. So, Mush- can, can I just say, sorry, that, 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 that there's purpose in it as well. Yeah. It, and I think that's what, I think in your book, uh, in the introduction, you're talking about if you're going to do this, then decide to do it. Like yeah. there's no, there's no use just sort of reading about it and going, okay, that's great. But actually, you know, make a decision, make a strong decision, feel it and, and actually commit to something. Absolutely. You know? If you think about, what let's let's say you've got a bad habit right so if you've got a bad habit where you come home you veg out you sit on the sofa Mm -hmm. um but if you've done that for 20 30 40 50 years your brain is ingrained that that Mm -hmm. way you know the neural pathways have been set Mm -hmm. so in order to change that habit you do need a big energy push in everything in any change you have to be able to manage your state you have to be able Mm -hmm. to change your state at will um and i think often people maybe get a bit confused about state so um yeah the view about state is is being able to um create an emotion positive mm-hmm. um ideally because mm-hmm. if you do a negative you're, you're gonna you're gonna have problems and then make sure the intensity is enough so that it drives you out of the mm-hmm. out of the of the of the of the old habit but to your point about purpose purpose then gives you the why right Mm -hmm. so again back to our conversation about emotion and logic people are driven by emotions right Mm -hmm. so if you logically say i need to lose weight people don't just lose weight right Mm -hmm. they just don't right Mm -hmm. but if you give somebody a good reason Mm -hmm. and they're going to do it to stop themselves from Mm -hmm. um, getting disease or um, so they can be there for their children so Mm -hmm. they can be there for their parents or whatever they've Mm -hmm. got a really good compelling reason that that wakes up every day Mm -hmm. they are much more likely to to do that yeah so so it's the story isn't it that compels us so when you think of the word courage what comes to mind i think i think firstly Courage is something that you do all of the time. You know, I, I do think that it's something that it's a muscle to grow and that, you know, it. you should be thinking about how, you know, how to almost invoke courage in yourself always so that when the time really comes, 
that you can you can use it. Mm. So I think that courage is, um, it, yeah, it's breaking through, it's breaking through challenges. Um, it's helping people. I always feel like there's a definite link between courage to, you know, help people and do what's right. You know, I, I think that the doing what's right is important. What you believe is right, um, and that, yeah, it, it, it's we all need it, and we all we all have it, um, and we all do it all of the time, and we might not always appreciate it. You know, if you if you suffer from any forms of um, anxiety or anything like that then in order for you to do sometimes quite basic things or what other people might perceive as basic things that is courage in its own right you know and I, th I think the sort of nature of courage is that it's highly sub subjective mm. um you know for one person it's you know everything you know to do something basic like just go out and meet people you know that is really hard and I definitely can relate to that if, if you know if if that's a challenge for someone you know I used to have a huge fear, which I needed to overcome, and I needed to just get the courage to go and do that. Mm. Versus, you know, then just helping helping people, having the courage just to be different. Don't don't just follow the herd. Make make a difference. Make, you know, I I sometimes just go and um, give homeless people money. I just go and give ten pounds to somebody random. I definitely do it over Christmas. I'll give them more than that. I'll go, I'll literally take out a hundred pounds out my bank and just go and give you know, to, right. to, to as many homeless people as I can find. And, and people sometimes they're upset by that because they say, well, they're going to go and spend it on drugs and things like that. And, and, and I don't, I don't think that's the point that they, what you're giving them is at least a chance. You're giving them a chance to make that decision. Now they may go and do that, but again, that's not under your control. What's under your control is to be um, courageous to do what's right. And what's right is trying to help people out of difficult circumstances um, uh, for me. So, that, so that's an example. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think courage, courage is massive. Um, and I think, I don't think we should underestimate that we are always courageous. Living your life mm. is full of pain, it's full of uh, challenges. Everyone has to, has to surmount, you know, they have to go through this, through challenges and therefore they have to build that courage. Yeah. So I, I just, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big word. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot there that you said that, you know, I can uh, relate to. Um, and one of the things I thought we could sort of hone in on is this idea of courage to do what's right. Mm. Because if we go in the other direction, usually we would associate being cowardly with being selfish, wouldn't we? Mm. Um, whereas courage, yeah, to do what's right, you, you do need courage, don't you? Mm. If you? You know, thinking about it, that's interesting, mm. um, especially for on the like on behalf of someone else. There's nobility there, yeah. You know, there's um, yeah, selflessness attached to that as well. For some reason, you've triggered something about beliefs as well, because mm. um, sometimes you have to have the courage to see that your beliefs aren't always um, true. And, you know, we can often get into very fixed states. Um, and again, in health and well-being, you know, the reason why sometimes we don't do the right things for our health is because we've got very poor beliefs mm. um, or, or we haven't got the right beliefs. Um, so, so the courage to actually, you know, challenge your own beliefs and challenge your own thinking, which sounds, mm. you, know, it, you know, this is, this is, this is getting into psychology, but that that in itself is is hugely yeah. difficult sometimes but once you do you know you'll learn something about 
you know you, your beliefs and your 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 change and benefit from it mm. and have the understanding that you you can be more flexible um so you know and i think i think that's also really important mm. because you can you can sometimes strive for things be courageous for something but mm. actually was the belief right in the first place yeah, you know? yeah and i think you're touching on humility now aren't you mm. because you need that level of humility to start saying oh actually i might not be right here or maybe i need tweaking in what i'm thinking mm. because i might not be on the right path stroke i might be slightly mm. skewed uh, my view might be slightly skewed um and i think it does take that humility that 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 willingness to be a bit more self-aware look back at and, and i don't mean from a you know um self-critical way i mean self-criticism is a good thing but not to the point that we were talking about earlier on where it starts to you know you're picking out all the bad things and not remembering the good mm. but but i think it does take a level of humility to go yeah maybe i haven't got that right mm. and and if you have got it right let's say mm. then what have you got to lose mm. because all you're doing is just putting it through the fire and seeing if it stands you know yeah um so I, and again it ties in like i'm going all off over the place but it ties in with oh, the okay. with the whole cowardly versus courage type mm. mentality like insecurity would stop you from doing that wouldn't it it'd be like oh i might be wrong i wanted to ask you is there a movie that uh, inspired you to mm. to be courageous in life yeah there's two um so the first one is gladiator gladiator I love gladiator um i've probably watched it a million times mm-hmm. um actually i've got a bit of a confession because um in a movie theater i snuck out of finishing gladiator for the first time and then worked out where the next one was and snuck into <laughs> and the one again. and jumped back in again yeah so um odin might arrest me after this <laughs> yes i um you've just put it out there now i know I've, oh damn oh no <laughs> so, yeah so but anyway i love that movie because again which exactly what we were talking about is somebody who's really fighting for what they believe in mm. you know he's had his family taken away he's a soldier general mm. um and then he's he's been put to nothing you know he's literally had everything taken away by somebody who doesn't doesn't deserve it you know and the you know he he strives constantly to um you know have his chance to bring justice back you know and Mm. and make sure that people are aware of of the sort of the harm that the Mm. the new emperor had done Mm. um so i think i think it's a great it's, it's, well, it's a great example of what we've just been talking about. Yeah, you know, he, yeah. clearly a man of huge courage, um, constantly trying to, um, to to sort of get back to where he wants to, or or not even that, just actually get back to 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 resolving the, mm. the sort of original um, uh, where, where the status and, the, and and where he was before, and um, and so so I just think it's a great, yeah, it, it's great for how you should live your life, mm. and obviously. He makes mistakes ultimately, um, and ultimately it sort of costs him his life. Um, but at the same time, you know, he he sort of demonstrates uh, at the cost of his life, and he's willing to put his life on the line mm. for what he believes in, and the, and the courage and, and um, to do that is obviously huge. Mm. Um, and I kind of really like the quote: um, um, "What we do in this life echoes in eternity." Mm. That always um, resonates with me, and I think it just makes you think am I doing important things? Mm. Am I helping people? Am I trying to make the world a better place? If I'm not, is this really what yeah, I should be doing? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think it, it speaks to legacy as well, doesn't it? Mm. What is your legacy? You know, what 
what would you like your daughter to remember you by and mm. and things like that and uh, and if you you know if you are spiritual by nature you know eternity is a whole nother thing as mm. well and it's like okay yeah there is a direct link to what we do um you know uh, that will live on yeah. um the second movie sorry mm. i was going to move on but there was uh, yeah. a second movie wasn't there yeah and the other one was dances with wolves dances with wolves yeah i mean I guess, I guess the, all these stories are, are related to the hero's journey. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know if you know about the hero's journey sort of thing. You know, there's a common theme mm-hmm. with all movies. This is why we like them. Yes, it's like the yes, superhero yes. thing. Yes, they're, yes. They're, 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 they're sorry, superhero, not superhero. Um, this is why we like movies because there's a formula, but we can also relate it mm-hmm. to our lives. Yeah. Um, and I think... Are we going to spoil... Are we going to tell people what the hero's journey is and just spoil all movies for people? Actually, yeah, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's go through it. So, so the first act is usually you get to know the character. Yeah. You get to know their weaknesses, yeah. right? And then the second act is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is there is a challenge in front of them. Yeah. And you don't know if they're going to make it. It's beyond them. It's mm. beyond their capability of, 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 you know, overcoming, right? Yeah. And um, as an audience, we actually don't know if they're going to make it. Yeah. And that's part of the, the, the appeal. Yeah. And then the third act is, it's interesting, actually. I read about this. It's not whether or not they overcome the challenge. It's the resolve that they have about the challenge. Yeah. Right. And that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a classic Hollywood stroke Bollywood movie, they would overcome the challenge. There'd be a happy ending. The sun will set, fade off into the distance. Right. Yeah. But I think society's become a little bit more... Um, nuanced a little bit more complicated in the way that they like to receive that so now we're 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 looking at how did they meet the challenge and what resolve did they have at the end regardless of whether it was successful or not is that right i I think so a couple of experts there's always a guide there's always a guide because there's someone who actually you know they think they're kind of trying to do this but Mm -hmm. actually the guy comes and saying well no i think you should be trying to do this you know good old gandalf good old gandalf um and also the opponent, right? You can't forget mm. the opponent. And the opponent is usually not necessarily the opponent that you see as the sort of enemy. I, I think there's a great part of um, Star Wars um, where Luke has a sort of, um, he's getting trained by Yoda. Mm-hmm. And then Luke um, cuts off the head of, his, mm. of, of Darth Vader. And then he sees the face of himself. Mm. So he realizes that his journey is not just about you know, um, or it's not really about trying to, it's, it's trying to learn himself. It's trying mm. for him to grow. So, mm. so normally there's a, a sort of subtle twist in it, mm. but I think that's why we relate to the hero's yeah. journey because you realize, okay, you are on your own hero's yeah, journey. You, yeah. you know, the courage bit is about facing challenges and then overcoming them mm. and listening to the, to people who come into your life and they'll come in. And when you look at your life, you know, as you go through, you'll realize that there are key people who've come into it, mm. who've guided you and helped you and said, actually, that might not be your journey. So why don't you think about this? And then mm. that's suddenly given you a different yeah. sort of, you know, direction. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, on that note, mm. I started reading your book, talking about hero's journey now. Yeah. Um, and there's a phrase that really, st- there, was a, there were a few phrases to be mm. fair that really stood out for me. One of them was, how you choose to feel on a daily basis is probably the most important thing to improve on because it influences everything. Yeah. I feel like we've touched on that a little bit, right? Mm. And we can come back to that. So I'm just going to leave that loose. But the one I thought fits in well with what we're talking about in terms of hero's journey and overcoming challenges is... Um, this phrase rock bottom ignites burning change mm. so drawing from your experiences yeah and i know that you've changed mm. what was your rock bottom 
Uh, I think actually the rock bottom was a stacking effect. You know, I think um, I blamed my position in life because of my past of what happened when I was, you know, um, as a child. And um, I think my my parents are both beautiful, lovely people, but together they weren't. And, and I think sometimes they forgot that, that, you know, they're two children who are in the middle of it and they, they fought a lot. And, um, and I think at times there was quite a lot of, um, de- you know, sort of depression and sadness in a house. And when I, when I, as I got older, I sort of, I, I, I almost had that habit. I, I continued with that almost depressive way of looking at life and uh, all the negative parts of life. Um, and I think, you know, I was full of fear. I mean, you know, mm. there's a lot of uncertainty when I was at home and, and I, and I kept on that uncertainty after, after I, I left home. Um, and I, and I use it as an excuse not to live my life. Um, what kind of age are we talking about here? I think with the rock bottom bit, it was probably early twenties, um, mid twenties say. And I think, I think I was really struggling with relationships, um, not just intimate relationships, but, um, uh, you know, with friends as well. Um, and I met some really lovely people, but because I, the way I was, I didn't appreciate them. Um, and I didn't, um, yeah, I, I didn't love them the way they probably deserved, and, and like they love me sometimes, and mm. and I didn't I didn't see that because I was so self obsessed with myself, you know, and and didn't see it. Um, I wasn't particularly nice as well to the opposite sex, if I'm honest. Um, I did have quite a lot of relationships and short term relationships and things like that. Um, in not like a lot of twenty year olds do probably, but um, at the same time, I knew it came from a place. Um, it came from the wrong place. It came mm. from a massive insecurity mm. um, and I just wanted to I felt like in order to fulfill that insecurity I just need to, to prove it by having lots of girlfriends and lots of relationships mm. um, and in reality it just made it a lot worse mm. um, and I think that that um, that was probably because of a breakup of somebody who um, you know I was I was in love with but I kind of knew they weren't right for me mm. But I knew, I also recognized why they did it because I wasn't a good person. I, I, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd focused all my energy on the wrong way of being rather than having, being courageous mm-hmm. and finding another way. Yeah. Um, and I think I was lucky enough to, pe- to sort of have people who were trying to tell me what that was um, and I couldn't hear them. I couldn't hear them. I was mm-hmm. stuck in that way. And I think until I really hit that point and I felt very low um i wanted to end i wanted to end my life um i didn't want to um i I didn't want to burden the world of me i just felt very self-absorbed and that everything was about me Mm. um and 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 i thought well that this is this is the right way to you know i need to go um and i think I don't know. I think I think I realized the absurdity of that. You know, mm. it, I sort of it was a good it was a good turning point because it just you went right to the bottom. And I was thinking, right, this is I need to go. I need to end this. Yeah. Um, and then and then I and, I and I think it was just at that point at the very bottom where I thought this is ridiculous. I don't I don't need to be like this anymore. Was there a moment for um, you? <clears throat> I think. Um, I, no, I, I can't think of a specific moment. I think there were a number of moments where mm. I think I think it was probably the way I, w- I was around others and I had a bit of an insight that I was a bit 
because I was so self-introspected mm. that I couldn't, you know, I realized that I wasn't, you know, I, re I wasn't, I wasn't nice to people mm. um, without, without realizing it. Um, and I think, I suppose, yeah, I think the moment, yeah, would, would be, a, I think a friend was really telling me that I needed to, you know, drop the sort of bags of my past. Mm. Um, and I ignored him. I just, you know, I told him that he didn't understand that he was an idiot. You know, I was really, probably really horrible. Um, and I think that eventually made me realize that I, I was, I was in the wrong. Mm. Um, and I needed to resolve and resolve that way of being because it wasn't it wasn't helpful it wasn't conducive it wasn't mm. conducive for me or others um so so i needed to change and that wow. that drove that mm. i think there's a lot of there's a lot of courage in that mm. a lot of courage in that because i think a lot oh, i use the phrase like a lot i can't back it up with scientific data <laughs> but I, I it's common let's say mm. for um people to be stuck in that rut Mm. 20 30 40 years yeah just keep going you know whereas it sounds like you got to a place where you were like hang on a second the problem is me mm. <laughs> um and so so now that when you got to that point of like okay right something needs to change yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say something which might not give lots of hope but actually at that point you know i, I said it ignites change because mm. it was only a small amount of change right because i think I couldn't do, you know, I had this sort of much more grandiose way of, of view about my life, how it would change suddenly, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like that at all. It was much mm -hmm. more subtle. Um, I think I just, I just decided not to just focus on the negative on, on what was wrong. I just wanted to start just trying to relive my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I found, I found that, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, there were certain environments um, and, and a certain family member was, when I was around them would trigger, you know, me back. Right. So I had to, I had to sort of think about how I managed that mm. um, so that, so that I didn't keep on going back to a sort of sad state, if you like. Yeah, and sure. um, yeah, but, but, but yeah, and a bit of a side note, I, I, this is what, what we're talking about as well, the sort of state change, you mm. know, once, once, if you've been ingrained with something and a way of being for a long period of time, it takes, it takes some, some spark, some yeah. high energy yeah. to just say, I need to get snap out of it. Mm. And I think, I think the rock bottom bit feeling suicidal is, it, it, it's weird how that became a huge spark. That mm. was almost the energy. It was the drive to say, mm. why am I feeling like this? Yeah. I've got, I have got lots to be grateful for. Mm. This is just not right. What mm. is it? And yeah, I, I, I can't actually say specifically though sure. what that was. I am, you know, whatever it was, I'm hugely grateful mm. for that moment because it, it changed my life. Yeah, I don't yeah. think if I, if I continue that way, it wouldn't mean a good life. And I think, you know, something you said much earlier was uh, around the states and how you can create emotion. Yeah. And I think, I think that's powerful to know that we can create emotion we mm. don't have to always be in a responsive state mm. we can actually create absolutely um and it's about upskilling yourself isn't it to mm. be able to create those those opportunities for for happiness joy yeah or even just progress even if it's not happiness even if it's not joy if it's just progress that yeah. okay this is a step in the right direction um and i think you know, hitting your rock bottom brings a lot of credibility to what you're doing now mm. <laughs> um, in terms of your book. 
and 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 really exploring what it's like to operate at your peak yeah. as opposed to you know maybe responding to what the world throws at us and, and ending up you know as a, as a result of our experiences you, you you said the word suffering and what what that is and so it sounds like you know that that hasn't come from you reading that in a book no. but it, it's come from you actually walking out what that looks like to to relive the pain or to move on let it go and 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 i think you use the phrase drop your back your friend said to drop yeah, your yeah. bags yeah uh, which i think is a powerful visual tool isn't it it's brilliant on your journey of trying to work through all this which i know links to your book really well um have you have you found some gold <laughs> absolutely absolutely um you know i think i think that that point in my time rock bottom ignited certain change um i also um was starting to read and listen to um tony robbins who was who's been very influential in my life and i've done quite a number of courses so you know a lot of Lots of, a lot of my learnings has, has, has been sort of around that man. He's, he's a pretty mm. incredible person, actually. Um, and I think he's touched millions of people's lives. Um, Can I just say, sorry to interrupt, right? Yeah. You, you, I don't know if it was in the book or earlier on in the conversation. It's all blurring together now. Yeah. But you mentioned Tony. No, you mentioned um, sometimes you need to, to create a, an intensity of energy in order to yeah. push forward. And I think he does that he really does that. well, doesn't he? Yeah. It's like, you know, some people can see him as very flamboyant or a bit over yeah. over the top, but actually he does that specifically for a reason to to create that intense or invoke that emotion so that it's a significant point, isn't it? Absolutely. I think I think this is what he trains on the courses. Um okay. I don't want to give anything away. Sure. But but I think I think just you you go into those courses and you, you know, again, take the courage because it's it's a lot of time you have to take off um but but what they train you is um and it's not just him you know he has his, his brilliant trainers around but they train you about the this, this state mm-hmm. right and state is everything right mm-hmm. if you if you you know with my rock bottom experience my state was negative mm-hmm. and you know the link to that is that and the science on this is you're creating loads of cortisol you're creating an environment in your body that is really unhealthy and at the time you know i i was suffering from ibs or suffering from you know um tummy issues and and headaches and things like that and i'm absolutely know that they were con- they were sort of caused by my psychological state mm. it was it's definitely induced by that um and as soon as i realized that you know i i could manage my state and i'm not it's, it's taken me a while and i and i'd say that you know, karting again. I did karting twice. I did it again, and it, and I I relearned how to use, use state to get me going. Mm-hmm. And then the, some of the courses I've done with Tony Robbins really really helps you fine tune it. Um, and I think what what's what's really important is it is that intensity, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, having a good emotion is one thing, but being able to turn it up to eleven mm-hmm. and really max it out and consistently do it and make it more mm-hmm. means that every day your life you know it can get better yeah you know and whatever your life is if you think your life's good now mm-hmm. if you can turn on that state even more and the intensity of it even more and mm-hmm. you can you've got that power within you you yeah. connect to something deeper than yourself mm-hmm. um you know you can you can make that happen every day and i think there's lots of there's lots of ways that we can do that i think they're quite some of them are quite personal i mm-hmm. talked about things like a cold shower or mm-hmm. you know um 
uh, Tony Robbins is all about movement, you know, which is huge, um, and using sort of things like rebound and the trampolines and things like that. Yes, yes. You know, and with things which which can instantly get you from the negative state to something you can just use and really just, um, you know, you can then decide what you're going to do. So state is everything. You have to get that going. And I, and I, and I totally respect Tony Robbins for really driving that, mm. that kind of understanding home. And um, I definitely recommend anyone to, to do his courses or anything like that. He's a, yeah, it's an incredible experience. Yeah, yeah. We've got, we've, you know, we went from rock bottom. We went yeah. from the chain, you know, what invoked that change mm. uh, and then I think you made a really good point about it doesn't just happen overnight yeah. like it can let's be honest things yeah. can happen over, yeah. overnight but for the vast majority of people it's mm. a, it's subtle changes over a period of time mm. um, which I think is important and then you know the whole Tony Robbins thing that we're bringing in here sorry I'm in summary mode here mm. is um is like sometimes we need to be a little bit intense or a little bit yeah. extreme in what we're trying to do to do because it has a purpose yeah and, and we can either speed things along or actually stop things from going in the direction that we ultimately know is not the right direction for us um so with those things in mind was there a point in your life that you felt that you really had to put it on the line and take a risk um and maybe use some of these techniques to to take that risk there were, yeah there's, there's quite a few um i'd say right in the book and um basically the first the first few sort of paragraphs of my book i talk about my, you know my life experiences mm. um and one of the things i wanted to do is make sure that was okay with my family mm. um and if i'm honest the first draft i wrote of that was very raw mm -hmm. and it was very my perspective mm -hmm. it wasn't a balanced view it was and i didn't realize it wasn't i actually thought that this was the truth this was the only truth you know, and when I when I sent that to my parents, um, I really upset them. Really upset them. They were absolutely you know devastated. My mum particularly, and it took it, it. It basically paused the book for a while because um, I had to I had to we had to understand each other's views. You know, I felt aggrieved that you know my childhood wasn't like I wanted it to be or what what I thought it should be, and and you know crazy expectations like that um yet my mom thought okay i've done the best i could mm. um and she had to deal with a challenging relationship with my dad and um she had to deal with another relationship after my dad and and that didn't work out as well and mm. and so you know i think what it, it it was really it was really hard one to send that it took me a lot of it took me a while it was hard to write it because mm you know, you're bringing back a lot of emotions and challenges. And then the whole journey of working through those challenges and get and, and, you know, you don't immediately some always see someone else's perspective. Mm. Right. So, so you're, you know, so a lot of it was quite heated arguments, quite, you know, animated, you know, there were times when we didn't talk to each other and things mm. like that. Um, it was really difficult. And, um, you know, and I think, I think, we've come through that mm. um and actually the the first part of the book is for the better of it because right. it's written now in a way that it it's not really a perspective thing it, mm. you know i made it about other people and what other people did to me and mm. i didn't see the blessing fully so wow. so the actual act of writing the book and actually you know doing that painful experience made me grow made me learn Amazing. and it made me you know res, re, you know respect 
the experience that my mom had mm-hmm. um, and that she had a point of view that it was really challenging for her as well and the experience she's had um, and therefore to, for me to try and just see that perspective. Um, so, yes, it's, one, it's a, a, uh, an example. Of no, it's amazing because... To go through that risk. I mean, to write a book is mm. risky in itself. Yeah. It D- doesn't matter what the subject is, right? Mm. And then now you're writing about your own personal life yeah. and what you've been through. Yeah. That's, I don't know, let's say level two risk. Yeah. And then there's level three risk is the risk of offending the people yeah. who are mentioned in your book, you know. Yeah. Um, that's that's a lot of risk. It is. <laughs> takes a lot of courage. <laughs> and I guess, you know, what I'm learning from you today is it lines up with a purpose, right? Mm. The reason for taking a risk mm. is because there's a purpose. Yeah. We jump off a cliff, right? Because we want to know what it feels like when you fall into the water. Mm. I'm talking about jumping off a cliff to go into war. I should I yeah, should, yeah, sp- should specify should what, what kind of cliff I'm talking about. But you know, there's a, we do dangerous things um, mm. in sport and all sorts of stuff because we look at the purpose, we look at the reward. Yeah. Um, and so, with that in mind, you know, your purpose for the book mm. is to help people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I believe that there is a gap in in the way we look at health and well-being, and that it needs to be done from a holistic point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, my my gift, my skill is that um, I am able to see um, systems from a very macro level. And um, I think what I've done in my book is I've, I've looked at all of the different aspects of health and well-being and put them all together. Mm-hmm. So we don't just talk about, say, sleep or health, yep. you know, or, or food, nutrition or fitness. We look at them all together and we say, OK, how does this all work for, our, for, for us? Because we, we, you've got to do them all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other side of that is commonly we focus on symptoms mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. um you know if if you've if you've been diagnosed with say um a heart attack um or, or you've had a heart attack and um maybe you need um a stent or um, a bypass or something like that now if if we actually look to the root cause of that um we might be able to stop you know prevent having operations mm-hmm. and if we've done that soon enough yep. then we'd stop that so so I, I'm totally for symptom correction. You know, sure. I'm not against, um, you know, the, the sort of medical profession at all. You know, I think it does amazing. And I'm actually, I'm hugely grateful. I've had back surgery, so I'm hugely grateful for it. But I think there are so many things that we could prevent mm-hmm. if we if we take care of ourselves in the right way. And all of those things are available to us. They're, they're free. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's, there's not a lot of effort. Everything in my book is about how do you get... Um, the best out of your life, best out of health and well-being, um, for, for 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 no money. You know, there's, mm. there's a few things: the advanced long, longevity, which which hopefully we'll just get a few minutes to talk about. Yeah. Um, but everything is just something you can do, and you can just do. Mm. But it, but the science behind it, the evidence about it, I've read hundreds of books, I've read hundreds of papers, science papers, journals. I've tried to just. Um, absorb everything I possibly found on the subject mm-hmm. um, and my brain is is just the way it is it, it, it tries to then join it together and actually again I'm not saying I don't think it does it consciously that's for sure it definitely is subconsciously mm-hmm. um, so so what this is is you know hopefully something someone can just pick up mm-hmm. um, they can start almost anywhere in the book and it'll give them some benefit um, and then you know, but it, but it is more joined up now. It's everything you need to know about health and well-being. Amazing, I think that's a great uh, point to ask you. Mm. What what are the? Because you talk about pillars, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Um, so what are the what are the pillars? The first one is 
um, mind, physiology, and posture. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, if I, I'll just do a little bit of a touch on the science in each one, really. Okay. Right. So, if you think about about posture first, mm-hmm. we can trick our minds into being in a better state just by changing our posture. You know, um, the work again that Amy Cuddy did was if you if you sit upright, if you if you just naturally put yourself in something that looks like a confident pos- position, mm-hmm. then you smile. It's really hard to think about bad things, mm. you know, and the physiology bit is what we're trying to do is create um, an environment that is um, fit for us to thrive. Right. So if if your mind is focused on bad things, on negative things, then you that impacts your physiology. Mm. Right. It, it, because what happens is, is you're producing hormones, things like cortisol yep. that, that, that basically cause damage to us um so our bodies really respond to our mind Mm -hmm. you know it's really intrinsically linked um and and i think i think so the the first one in my opinion is something that everyone should study the most out of everything else everything Mm. else is important Mm. but that is the thing you get your mind physiology and posture right Mm. and you're doing well foundational foundational bit so but everything else i think almost you could start anywhere else Mm. on on, you know on the 12 pillars okay and you know you'll, you'll just grow and learn from it but that one is really really key okay then we go to breathing um so so when i started i've heard breathing is important it is pretty important (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty limiting when you don't breathe right um but also the 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 evidence now on controlled breathing and things like meditation you know it's there now it's not something a lot of people used to think it was mumbo jumbo for for many years you know and but now you know being able to calm your mind and, and 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 um, allow it just to sort of relax and allow you to be the observer. It's huge. Um, but also the effects of breathing properly. Um, Wim Hof is a really great um, uh, sort of role model and, and the things he's done, he's, he's known as the Iceman. Right. But he's got some brilliant breathing techniques which he uses to control his physiology, mm. um, and which is huge. And then there's really you know more ancient types of breathing like pranayamic breathing. Um, which is just huge, but they're really simple. Mm. They're really simple, but they're huge. They, you know, learning how to really fully oxygenate your body um, and and also flush out all of the toxins from your body. If you think about breathing as a process, it's not just breathing in and breathing mm. out. It's you're breathing in, fully oxygenate it, and then right. I now need to get rid of all of the to- toxins, everything out of my mm. body. So the CO two goes, but actually it makes sure that your lymph system's all being drained and things like that. Yeah. So it's it, 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 it's driving so many things. Mm. Um, so, so I think that's super important. So, that's, um, so we're on number two. That was we're on number two. So number three. Um, yeah, number three is um, food and nutrition. Food and nutrition. Yeah, um, I think I think the science on now is it, it, it's been really bad over the years. You know, I think every you know, and, and it's still not there. I mm. don't think. Mm. Um, I think I think some hot topics are things like whether you should eat meat, whether you should eat fish, whether yep. you should be vegan, stuff like that. Um, my view and, uh, well, sorry, not my view, but the sort of things I've read, um, is is, is sort of pushed me towards that you should be comparing, not saying this is right for you or not. You know, you're saying, is this better for you or not? Mm -hmm. So, um, there's a great guy called, um, uh, Michael, Dr. Michael Greger, um, and he's got the daily dozen. He's a whole food vegan sort of diet. And that's what, um, from from the evidence and i think he's really good because he gets the evidence i'm not saying that everything he's pulled out is 100 percent brilliant but it's it is you know you've got that knowing it's back Mm. it's backed up by um sort of science um so so he's got um you know he, he he sort of promotes this idea that you know vegan really is best 
but you have to have a good balanced vegan diet mm. and you have to supplement with b12 which you'd naturally get in meat mm-hmm. um so um and the problems with meat is sort of inflammation and you know the, the the practice around meat um makes it more likely that you're gonna get infection and things like that so mm-hmm. there's there's you know so 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 it's just a comparative but if if you can't get your nutrition e- easily from vegan diet then sure. you, know, you might have to eat small amounts of meat to get it right, you know and right. so so you're comparing then so okay i'm i'm gonna eat meat but i also um sort of um understand that that ultimately isn't the best for me mm-hmm. but it's probably still pretty good meat is nutritionally pretty good for us okay. as well okay. but it's not just it's not, not as good as a, a, a proper full-on vegan diet and if okay. you if you have a vegan diet full of chips that's not good for us no. and very quickly the only other thing a couple of other things is we eat too much typically mm-hmm. stent you know if you're a stentry office worker the three day three meal a day is just nonsense mm. you know um i intermittent intermittently fast um and there's huge science on that yep. and fasting generally is massive um and then gut health gut health mm. is is it's still a bit of unknown. Mm. We've got 3 trillion bacteria. Mm. You are your gut health. Yes. Um, it, it can affect your mood if you get it wrong. Yeah. Um, and you have to re- eat right for your own gut health. And I think, I think my challenge with a lot of the diets today is then, you know, you, what you eat, firstly, you can base it on something like, I, you know, the, the daily dozen's great, mm. but you have to tailor it for you personally for you. and for yeah. what activity you're doing. You know, yeah, if you're yeah. a bodybuilder, it's going to be very different from if you're sitting in your office and just sitting on your bum all day. Mm. That's the very different mm. type of diet you're going to need. You, mm. you know, if you did the same diet, you'd be, you'd be obese. A lot of people attribute just the food to the Mediterranean diet, but mm. that, that's not the whole story. Um, you know, having lunch for long periods of time in a very low stress environment which is you know effectively what happens in you know mm. in you know in mediterranean countries they're really relaxed mm. and they don't eat they don't eat fast there's no quick fast food yeah. you know they cook it really well it's really good quality produce mm. you know they have the olive oils and things like that and um it's but, very community led it's a community led yeah. so yeah. so you're in a really great state so you're producing mm. all of those great hormones mm. around your body guess what that does to mm. your digestive system it suddenly works properly um, so, so I think there's a just huge links with that. Okay, um, but that's well, that's in the book. Well, let's but. move on because you're making me hungry. Then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's um, number four? Uh, so that is sleep. Sleep. Um, I think I think the the one of the sort of leading experts on this is a guy called Matthew Walker, mm-hmm. um, and he he really sort of demiss about this idea that you can live you know on short amounts of sleep mm. right you know the the evidence is really strong that if you're not getting enough sleep you've got some you're, you're going to have issues and mm. it, it triggers cardiovascular um you know heart health disease all sorts of things like that but what's incredible about sleep is it, it does a, it there is a beauty sleep element of it mm. they've done sort of experiments where they've seen people who have been deprived of sleep from periods of time and compared them to if they're getting a full night's sleep mm. guess what the full night's sleep they look better, look better. Yeah, right yeah, and yeah. they and they can you know it, they've done experiments to see that you are attractive so mm. if you're if you're ever in wonder make sure you get a full night's sleep <laughs> and make sure you make sure you do that right and then the other thing is is um it's a big processing moment, right? Mm. So we often often think that sleep is about logging off, mm. but it's not about logging off. Mm. You're getting rid of, um, you know, dead neuron cells. Mm. Um, your 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 memory storage. So basically, you're you're reforming your day. You're organizing mm. your brain. Mm. 
but one of the big things is about um, um, how we manage social interactions. So if you're getting poor sleep, what happens is one in the day you misread social interactions, but when you sleep, you actually process those social interactions right. so you learn from them again, mm -hmm. and therefore you get better and better. And it happens in REM. So, mm -hmm. so in, during REM sleep, you just get this, um, you know, you, you get this incredible... Um, your 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 sleep is helping to develop your social mm. uh, social interactions, and I and I often think again relationship back to mind. If mm. you if you're if you've got bad thoughts or if you're focusing on the wrong sorts of things, um, then often or not that will affect your sleep, mm. and therefore your social interactions will naturally yeah. be poor as well because you're not processing them properly. You'll see negative you know aspects about the conversation mm -hmm. that might not have been there you'll miss the sort of social cues so so that's why my mind physiology physiology and posture is number is the one most important it's all connected someone should write so a connected. book about this i know they should shouldn't they <laughs> <laughs> right let's let's speed through the rest okay, of them because right. I, I don't want to i don't want to lose I'm so sorry about this because no, no, i know it's great yeah. i know you have a lot of passion <laughs> yeah, what yeah. you're doing um but we'll, we'll, we'll hit the headlines and then we'll let people know where they can find your book Absolutely. and where they can buy your book and uh, yeah, get clued up so we don't have to all go off in 12 different directions. You pull them all together for them us. All together, yeah. yeah and, but then they can use that to go and speak to the experts as well. I mean, the book is yeah. more about, not just about bringing it together, but helping point people to, mm. for a particular subject area, they know who to go and talk to. They mm. know what sorts of things they need to understand right. to be great at it. Yeah. You know, I'm all for making sure this is not about me just selling books it's sure. about how do you link people to the right to yeah. the right professionals the right people in the world who can really help yeah. you what are you an so architect or something i think uh, yeah I, I don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's the next one uh, so fitness for longevity is the next one Fair um right. very quickly so this is not just about looking good mm. um again lots of physiology effects um it's um clean out your limb system it's huge amounts of things i think the three top things to think about are making sure you get cardio mm. making sure you get your weights um, you lose bone mass and things like that as you get older okay. um, and making sure you do things like yoga and things like that mm. so, so there's three things and, and what I do is I just have like if I'm doing 20 minutes or whatever um, I alternate and, and make sure I do that all the way through the week so I'm keeping, my, keeping all of those keeping them maintained. top top okay and the next one social life um, is probably one of the biggest other ones right if you okay. think about your mind physiology and posture if you've got great relationships mm. and you're connecting with people in the right way yeah. and there's a great Harvard study on this um, where they've researched um, some, over 700 people and um, for the last 70 or 80 years it's one of the largest, largest experiments and it's not money that makes people happy at all mm. you know um, and a lot of the people started out they believed that they were going to you know they were going to make their fortune and then they'd mm. be happy and it's all crap yeah. um, and what they realized was was strong relationships that's happiness mm. and that's makes and so I, I, that's huge for this um the next one is my spiritual one i it's it's love nature and giving back okay. um and i kind of reworded it because i think people have strange connotations with spirituality and yeah. i just wanted to, to not have those connotations it's a difficult one to define isn't mm. it but yeah so you've defined it as love nature and giving back okay so so it's your you know it's love it's being um grateful mm. um it's being compassionate um it's it's nature which is about how we connect we can mm. often feel disconnected mm. because we're not getting um um you know that that sort of connection back to nature to mm. what we what we're meant to be you know yeah. feeling that is really important on a daily basis yeah. again make that a priority and then giving back is, is, is mm. you know we are we are we are beings that 
thrive on giving mm. you know and in in return we get things back but mm. primarily we should be just always giving we should be in that mm. mode and i think if you can get your mindset fixed into being feeling giving all the time i think i think you know you you you, you get so much from that and i yeah. struggle that sometimes you you know you, you you go into yourself rather than saying what do other people's people need and mm. um, i think that's huge there's a there's a phrase uh, in the christian world which is we're blessed to be a blessing yeah yeah, so it is about actually receiving, but then giving. You know, um, which ties I, in with that. Yeah, it makes makes. Right, so that is so true. What's the next um, one? Healthy sex. Okay, so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> we can give an hour to this topic yeah, now. We could, uh, here we go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, all right, so clearly the evidence on this is huge, and you know, again, it's 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 what we we keep talking about. If you're producing lots of um, good chemicals in your body, good yep. good hormones in your body, that's good for you, mm. right? So you're creating an environment which is great. Um, I think I think the key thing about relationships is polarity. Um, mm. I think what we what we what we're doing at the moment in society is we're trying to um, make the sexes almost the same, mm. um, but that destroys passion that destroys relationships um wow. and there's a lady called esther perel who is oh, yeah. brilliant on this yeah um, yeah really and, good and and definitely definitely i read a lot before i'm writing the book um as well as gary chapman as well love mm. languages um but but definitely i think mm. we, we you know we've got to be fair um but we are different you know men and, and men and women are different fundamentally and you know we can't we can't ignore that mm. um we've got to make sure we're being equality but we've got to just we just appreciate that and i think from a passion point of view from a love point of view um once once we do that it makes relationships a lot easier because you know mm. you don't end up um uh, either adopting a very feminine trait to please 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 the woman or the woman's then adopting a very masculine trait to yeah um to sort of um protect herself if you like you know wow um so i, I do think that's a, another big one um and i think i think yeah and and, I, and also i'm not saying that necessarily you have to have one relationship i know you know lots of people have uh, beliefs on this you know i'm very open um you know from from the book's perspective that some people just have lots of relationships mm. um and again i think obviously there's danger of you know, unprotected sex and things like that mm. but if obviously everyone's aware about you know what what that means to them and and they're all they're all happy with that then then why is that a problem we've just society has naturally said that we should just have one partner one mm. relationship um I, I, whether that's true or not i don't know i don't know but it's just to make sure that people have we're gonna we're gonna really dive into relationships on a future podcast mm. series so i'd love to get you back on that and mm. sort of explore some of those things Mm. Uh, that would be really good but yeah. uh, we'll park it there we'll for park now it there. Yeah. so but, what's the next pillar um, I can't remember what number but it's face and body beauty mm-hmm. um, I think I think this one just very quickly mm-hmm. um, just be really careful about what you put on your skin mm-hmm. um, it's the biggest organ um, you know and there are a lot of chemicals out there which are very not great for, my, great right. for us um, I think there are now some some manufacturers who do more skin like types of substances okay so pick them just look out yeah. for that okay yeah and then the next one is brain health i sort of differentiate that from mind in the more like the functioning of the brain mm-hmm. so in the book i talk about all the different areas and what you can do specifically for those areas you know if you're going to improve your memory you mm-hmm. know those sorts of things um i think the main thing about um brain health is actually social um your mm-hmm. brain needs to be challenged if you want to avoid alzheimer's challenge it therapy and coaching with the brain with the, with the avoid alzheimer's and 
just are you talking about just keeping active mm. making sure your cognitive make it make it good. a habit every single day to challenge your brain mm. right you know i think courage is a really good sort of view for this because mm. it's pushing your brain to work out mm. how do i how do i push something forward so it's actually making sure that your brain is thinking in a way, how, how do I push through that? That's, mm. that's a great example of it. What, what do I need to get past? What obstacle yeah. do I need to close? Don't stay where you are. And I think that's, that's, that's what your brain needs. It thrives from change. Um, therapy and coaching. I think, I think this is often missed because, and especially we need external input. We mm. need people to see our blind spots, right? Mm. So if you're, you know, if you're in a bad way and you don't even recognize it or can't see it, you need mm. someone else to repoint you in the right direction. Mm. So coaching, I think, is really huge. I think we should all have a coach. I've, I have a coach um, and she is really good at just directing me in the right direction. She helped me in my book hugely. And then Amazing. therapy, all kinds of therapy, right? If it's, um, you know, therapy for psychology or mm. if it's therapy for, um, for, for your muscles and things like that, all of those you need and having reg regular checkups will just mm. ensure that your body's in tip-top you know, um, yeah. state. So make sure that I think, I think that's a, a big one as well. Mm. Finally, yep. um, advanced longevity. Um, Interesting. This, this one is kind of like, it excites me, right? So mm. all the other ones you can just do, right? Mm. The book is really, yeah, you, you know, everything is, pretty much everything is free. This one is more, it's probably more advanced. Okay. Things in this one are things like um, cold showers, um, so, but a lot of this is about something which we all naturally have is, is our ability to, um, restore our own DNA. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, there are now supplements out there, which that, you know, they're still going through sort of certain human trials and make sure that they're all safe and stuff like that, but they stimulate something that we all have, mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, recovering our DNA. And of course, if your, if your DNA is restored, aging is the process of how we produce cells so our That's cells right. are always replicating mm. now if your dna is corrupted every time you replicate um, a cell mm. then basically that cell is corrupted mm. so over time what happens is the more dna damage you get the more corrupted cells you get and therefore you age you because age, yeah. of the consequence of that so so these these supplements are great for restoring your dna and then you know reverse effectively reversing your your aging mm. process or wow. at least or at least you know stopping it um being so prolific yeah, it's fascinating yeah and you're getting to the root cause you know rather than you know mm. the symptoms of problems you know you're you can you can solve it that way and there's natural yeah. ways you can do it like fasting and um fasting and um cold showers and things like that which are naturally um inducing into a sort of state of stress and therefore in um inducing these types of proteins so those are the it's 12 amazing. pillars wow 12 yeah. pillars yeah i mean there's more to advanced longevity obviously but, yeah, yeah absolutely um and so oh my my gosh there's so much to go through there but <laughs> so if people wanted to get a copy of your book where would they go yeah um at the moment they go to amazon and um we'll, we'll put the link up for amazon is that global is it just in the um, uk is it us yeah or? it's it's uk and us you know so you can, you can get it from there mm -hmm. um at the moment it's just the kindle version mm -hmm. um i'm going to be releasing the paperback in the next few weeks Amazing. Um, so you can get a copy um and the other thing about it at the back of it is is my sort of habit plan it's what i do mm. um so for each of the 12 pillars and you'll be surprised how little time it'll take you in the day as in your personal habit it, yeah it's mostly my personal oh, habits amazing. yeah, yeah. but that doesn't mean you have to follow it sure. um and in in the book there are loads of other examples you know it's a continuous process mm. it's not just do one thing and then you resolve it it's a continuous process where would be the best place online to find out more about what you're about what you're doing yeah um your platform yeah, so my platform is uh, Mushu. Um, so Mushu is, um, yeah, it's it's 
it means something where you're just squeezing a bit extra, a bit more from mm. life. Um, I'm not quite sure where the word originated. <laughs> um, I know, uh, yeah. So, so, it, but, but, yeah. For me, it's just that's what it means to me. Mm. Um, so basically, go to www.mushu.uk, okay. um, and again, it's hopefully a, just a, an easy website where you can just say, right, if I want to improve one of the areas, mm-hmm. what's the sort of steps? What's the science behind it? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do? Um, and then we do we do sell products on there so that you know that we've got um, related products to each of the category areas okay. um, and then you can you know can really improve from there brilliant so Mushu is the platform mm. uh, Amazon has your book yeah uh, which uh, I've just started reading and I'm yeah. really getting a lot from it so thank you so much You're for putting welcome. it out there um, and then if people wanted to get in touch with you directly would uh, they able to do that via a social media platform are you active yeah anyway? I'm active in pretty much all you know so if you if you type in Mushu anywhere um, you can get hold of me um, you, you can use my um, email for, for Mushu it's info, info at Mushu.uk so Amazing. if you want more information we can get you can get that to you mm-hmm. um, and yeah so but we're on um, Instagram, um, we're on Facebook, um, we are on uh, Pinterest, mm-hmm. um, and we're on Twitter. So we're on pretty much you know, most of the major platforms, Brilliant. so you can get hold of me from there. Excellent. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Um, you've given me a lot to think mm-hmm. about, and, and uh, I love that you've given uh, uh, you've signposted your book and your website. So if people do want to mm-hmm. kind of delve in a little bit more and sort of explore some of the stuff that you've been doing you know they've got the opportunity to do that so thank you for that as well and i think you've already said it you, you'll come back right yeah definitely you'll come and back I, I really want to get your your um insight into the relationship part both you know a romantic relationship we talked about healthy sex i think that's a big part of um <laughs> you really want to delve into that yeah. yeah i think it's important i think i think it's a subject um oh, should, i mean we're running out of time now but yeah it's a subject that there's a lot of unhealthy mm. uh, stuff out there. So there I think is. it's good to bring health and be yeah. courageous and, yeah. and, you know, step and also into it's not one, it's not, it's not one size that fits all. I think yeah, we've got to yeah. get away from that mindset. It's just what, it's what, it's what, it's what people need, it's what they personally yeah, need. Yeah, and yeah. and, and we'll, as long as they're doing the I'm right way. I'm going to pause you because I don't want to yeah. give away anything. We want to save that for yeah, the yeah, next okay, podcast, fine. right? But, um, so that'd be good. And then also, you know, uh, as part of relationships, you know, you're a dad. So it'd be really mm. interesting to kind of unpack some of that and yeah. some of the courageous steps that you've had to take to, to get there. So thanks again. Yeah. And um, Rick's can I just say thank you very much for, um, you know, for having me on your podcast. Um, I also think that what you're doing is courageous. I think it's brilliant. And I think people are going to learn huge amounts from, you know, from your interviews and, uh, you know, the help you're going to give to people. So, um, so I want to thank you as well for just being brilliant with that because um you know and i think generally this is going to be um something that will change people's lives so mm-hmm. um courage is definitely something that we all should have a bit of and keep keep building so thank you very much ricks as well oh, mate i'm blessed to hear that we, we uh, words of affirmation is is uh, both of our love <laughs> exactly. languages besides physical touch i'm gonna give you a hug <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks for coming on all right. Um, I hope you guys got something out of that. I'm sure you did. Uh, do get in touch with Toby if you've got more questions around uh, some of the topics that he talked about. And whatever you do in life, go encourage. Really hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you did, do let us know in the comments or you can connect with us via our social media channels where the links are available on www.goencourage.com. If you haven't already, you can now get a copy 
of the Courage Journal that we've put together to help you build courage on a day-to-day basis. We have a paperback version and a hardback version as well. Links are on the website. You can purchase these in the UK, the US, Australia, Canada, and all across Europe. So go and have a look at that. Uh, I think it's going to be a really valuable resource. All right, so until the next time, whatever you're doing, keep moving forward and go encourage.